Um, I'm Christina Lucy, and I'm a senior product manager at Yammer. Uh, as, many of, uh, as many of you know, uh, Yammer is in the business of building website and apps so that companies can have their own private social networks. Um, before I get started, I just wanted to introduce myself quickly. Um, these are some things that are important to me. I went to the University of Waterloo and I studied computer science. My favorite hockey team is the Montreal Canadiens, go Habs. And uh, in my spare time, I like to make pickles. And this is a picture of the first jar that I ever made. All right, so jumping right in. Um, when I joined Yammer in 2012, we did projects in a very particular way. We did um, short projects. All of the engineering work was done in San Francisco, so everyone was co-located, and this was our default mode of working. And we had a rule where on project teams, we wanted to work very iteratively, so we broke things down into small batches. So on any project team, we had two to 10 engineers, and projects went from between two to 10 weeks, so that was, that was sort of our rule of thumb. Um, so the benefit of this is that um, we wanted teams to be as autonomous as possible. Um, so that you know they could make all the decisions. The people closest to the code got to own, uh, got to own that, and the emphasis was on speed. Um, so later that year, we started hiring engineers in our London office, and previously it had been sales only. Um, and so that team grew slowly but steadily from one engineer to 25, and we started introducing those people into our project teams for the first time. And uh, later that year also, um, we were acquired by Microsoft. You may have seen this tweet. Um, so suddenly the entire uh, large team who was working on SharePoint Social became um, what was called Yammer North. And our team effectively doubled in size. And so we were, you know, everyone was used to being co-located in San Francisco and working in these really small teams and iterating quickly. And then all of a sudden the team sort of Gain, started to gain participants in London who were eight hours away and in Redmond who were in the same time zone, luckily, but a different office. So at first, we did just a plain, terrible job of introducing these people into our teams. Um, usually, you know, it resulted in one really unhappy Brit who was forced to work late and just totally felt disconnected from, from everything that we were doing. But it wasn't until we started working with people up in Redmond in the same time zone, and there were as many of them as there were of us on a team, um, that we realized that we couldn't ignore the problem anymore and we really needed to figure this out. So in terms of the basics, um, there are some things that we figured out early on that really helped to alleviate the pain of doing meetings, which was just something that we were totally not used to at all. Um, we didn't have any like felly, uh, any fancy teleconferencing setups. We we were sort of like left to our own devices with our laptops. Um, so this first thing, discovering what we call the hockey puck, which is basically a speaker and a microphone that just USB plugs into any computer, um, was immensely helpful. Um, this helped sort of you know bridge the fact that the computer is really terrible itself as acting as a speaker and a microphone. Um, and was a nice physical reminder for the people in the room to actually talk into something and constantly serve as a reminder that you know you need to speak up so the people on the other side can hear you. Another basic that we figured out was having a dedicated Skype room was really, really helpful for us 
to uh, make meetings go a lot smoother. Um, so instead of spending, you know, the first five minutes figuring out like, okay, you know, where's the link, where do I, you know, who's dialed in and all that kind of business, you literally just show up into the room, you hit the call which is set up to the other room and away you go. Um, it was really nice too for, for between meetings if people wanted to talk to one another, they would just went to the Skype room. That was something that we directed people to do, you know, if a conversation over email or over Yammer runs too long, just go to the Skype room. Um, so the setup there was basically, we had a dedicated account on Skype for each of the rooms, and um, the, the room was not allowed to be used for anything else. But even after nailing those basics, we still uh, had some problems. One problem is that waiting until scheduled meetings really slowed us down. At the outside of the day, you would come up with a list of things that you wanted to talk about, and by the time you got to that meeting, you would kind of figure that stuff out because you didn't want to wait around um, to meet to talk about that kind of stuff. Another problem that we had was Yammer is great for collaboration, um, but it's really bad for lengthy discussions. It just was not working for us. And so we started to have this sort of us versus them mentality build up, which was really unhealthy, and we just didn't feel like a team. Um, there were several projects running like this, and uh, the problems were starting to feel more and more widespread. Um, so as the product lead, I felt really responsible um, for the velocity of the team and knew that we had to start figuring things out to try and make this better. So I thought that I had three hypotheses. One is that if we could reduce formality, that this would help things. Um, that if we could come to making decisions faster, that that would help things as well. Um, and that if there was some way that we could convey complex ideas, which really, you know, was the, the benefit of being in person is that that was just something we never had to think about how to do before, um, that we'd, we'd get closer to being the fast-moving autonomous teams that we once were. So I subjected some of my teams to some experiments. Um, the first one on uh, reducing formality was trying out meeting in the hallway. Um, so I think, I think meeting in conference rooms is so ingrained into our behavior, um, but has a couple of unintended side effects. One, it makes the meeting feel really closed and private. And two, I think it makes it feel a lot more formal than it necessarily has to be. Uh, and so I started thinking one day, is it really uh, you know, more disruptive for someone to be doing a video chat in the hallway versus two people just kind of talking in the hallway? And oops. so instead of conference rooms, we started meeting in uh, more open areas like the one I just uh, showed on the previous slide. It was an area near the kitchen. And this is what happened. Um, so we got a lot of photo bombs, but it turns out that no one was really disturbed by what we were doing. And it's kind of silly, right? But um, what would actually happen is that the person who's photobombing would sort of later ask, like, oh, hey, I noticed that you're working with Ida uh, because they saw them in the video chat that I was doing. And then what would happen is that serendipitous discovery of overlapping projects would happen because it prompted them to talk to each other after the fact, like, oh, hey, I saw you working with this person. What are you guys working on? Um, and that, that ended up being really helpful for people who are remote um, to connect with one another. Um, at least for a couple seconds, if there wasn't that, that overlap there that they could benefit from the, the discovery of. 
Um, so I think an another thing that, that helped a lot was making sure for everyone that it was okay to call in from anywhere. Um, a lot of people, I think their, their sort of initial reaction is to apologize, like, oh, hey, sorry, you know, I'm calling in, I'm just leaving the gym, I'll just do audio only. Um, but I think telling them that's okay sort of really served us really well. Um, one, it was a great way to learn about your coworkers, um, that, you know, see that this person's into music and scuba diving, maybe. Um, but the, the real benefit is that it made meeting times a lot more flexible. Um, so some of, the, some of the issues with that is that if you are, for instance, sort of just leaving the gym, you're standing out on the street, there could be some noise. So we did run into issues with, with background noise, and if you're on a mobile phone, you don't have the, the speaker, the audio is not quite as good. But we found that the, um, the flexibility and, uh, was, was definitely worth the trade-off. Um, so the other thing about going faster was I thought allowing face-to-face um, -face conversations and that sort of experience of being able to go up to someone at their desk and just kind of decide something, which is what we're used to, um, trying to make that happen virtually um, was, was the next thing that I tried to work on. So the first thing that we tried was doing sort of like a Skype war room where those Skype rooms, we had people like the whole project team basically, which is around uh, between eight to 10 people at any given time. Um, split in the two locations and uh, constantly connected over Skype for the full day. Um, this was really, really helpful actually for those like kind of intense end of project situations or those like early on where the whole team needs to be talking and everyone needs to be in the, in the loop on stuff. But um, <clears throat> this was really, really intense for the, for the duration of the project and it got like really exhausting really quickly. So, in, in the spirit of kind of keeping this idea of being constantly connected to one another but not being um, too interruptive, um, we decided to try a tool called Squiggle. So what Squiggle does is basically take a feed of screenshots of your coworkers wherever they are. And so it's not like a full video all the time type experience. Um, but it's, it's great for periods of overlap where you're working um, during the same during the same time. And it sort of eliminates the need to do the like over I am like, hey, are you there? You can see like if someone's on the phone that that's not a good time to disturb them. If they're not there, it's, that's obviously not a good time. And the cool thing is that you don't have to disturb everybody when you just want to talk to one person. So uh, let's see, get the video to work. I think it's stuck. There we go. Um, yeah, so what you would do is just sort of click on that one person and it opens up an audio and video channel so you can just talk to them. So that was super great because all the other people are sort of doing what they're doing. They don't need to be involved in your conversation that you're happening. So the other tricky part about conveying complexity is that instead of, in a, this was alluded to earlier, um, instead of, you know, just talking about work, sometimes you actually need to produce work results. So the thing that we tried, um, you know, because early on in projects, especially with ideation, um, the really visual people want to sketch, you want to write things down, and you want to be able to show people that um, the, the work that they're producing has actually come to fruition, and it's not just sort of lost in this thing that's going to show up later on. Um, so this is a tool called Balsamic, which is actually a design tool for generating quick prototypes. 
Um, so we sort of co-opted it for our, for our own purposes. It, it has these little components, which is that gray bar along the top that you can drag and drop them down. So it has things like sticky notes, it has um, little iPhone components and pictures and icons. So you can start to like mind map or produce flowcharts. So we used it for ideation and um, <clears throat> And, um, <clears throat> sorry, yeah, and um, <clears throat> started uh, putting together sticky notes for, <clears throat> to capture people's ideas. <laughs> so, um, what, was, what was some of the evidence that, um, some of these experiments actually worked. Um, what we found is that we had fewer misunderstandings. Um, the teams seemed to feel more connected to one another. <clears throat> and uh, they went faster, sorry. <laughs> ah, I've been fighting laryngitis and I thought I was good. It's killing me. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear more about your experiences. Sorry for the voice loss, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>